0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people that are out there making it happen. Today, we are with Tom Panos, who is without doubt one of the biggest influencers in the property market. I was introduced to Tom by two other guests on the show, both Andrew Morello and Matty Pilios, both said this guy here, is an incredible trainer, mentor, coach in the property space, And we talk all things property, why you should get into property, how to wealth create through property. Also talk a little bit about challenge and adversity as well. Uh, Tom has faced both health challenges and personal life challenges. He has uh, had cancer three times and he also lost his sibling, which uh, become major challenges for him to overcome. So we talk a little bit about that too. So sit back, enjoy this week's episode with Tom Panos. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and business people that are out there making it happen. And today we are with one of Australia's, if not the world's leading real estate expert, Tom Panos. Uh, He's an influencer, trainer, mentor, coach, author, speaker in the real estate space. And I have interviewed both Andrew Morello and Matthew Pilios on the show, and they said you have to get my mentor Tom Panos on the show because he's the guru um, in in the real estate space so we've uh, been able to secure him for this week's episode so thank you for coming on the show Tom.
1: Pleasure Craig,
0: thanks for having me. Um, so always invite uh, the guest to fill out a bit of the story, a bit of context to your background and how you got into property, real estate and yeah if you can uh, just spend a few minutes uh, sharing your story.
1: Okay. Um, uh, left university before I completed my degree when I was around 1920. Got into sales, loved it, um, good at it. Um, decided that that was going to be my baby. Stayed in real estate, opened up an office when I was uh, around 22. Um, did really really well in business ownership. Did well in sales. Started investing in real estate. Um, you know, buying every 24 months. Um, Next thing you know, I got asked, Craig, to start doing a bit of speaking by other real estate companies on um, how I was making so many sales, and um, I enjoyed doing that, so I decided to actually do less of the real estate sales and more of the training. Um, Then I had a bit of a detour, Um, the Murdoch uh, um, Corporation, Big News Corp, uh, got me to become head of uh, real estate for uh, their organization, which owns uh, realestate.com as well. And they allowed me for most of that part to build my own uh, business at the same time. And so it's always been real estate. I still got a relationship with news and realestate.com, but my way I make a living now is um, through my online subscription uh, business. It's been going for five years, You a membership platform. And in addition to that, um, you know, I'm a property um, investor, um, you know, and I own a bit of property and that's my life. I do auctioneering, do a bit of speaking. I'm not speaking at the moment with mm. COVID. I'm doing a lot of virtual um, stuff. Oh, some, some face-to-face stuff, but not much. I've had a few hiccups along the way, Craig. I mean, cancer three times. So mm. that's sort of, you know, been bumpy roads along the way, but... I'm healthy now and life is good.
0: And um, look, I'm a, a, a prop, I've been investing in property for 20 years, predominantly in residential, and I sort of have my own, I guess, uh, set of rules around what I do with investing. If A lot of people that get on this show are often people that are looking to get started. They, um, you know, they, they fear debt even, let's say. Uh, what would you say are some key reasons why property is such a great investment strategy?
1: because you make money while you sleep, you know? And I mean, you might choose to actually um, uh, work regardless of being wealthy out of real estate, like I do. Like, I mean, I pretty much know that each year I wake up, on average, based on the markets that I've invested in, you know, should pick up around four or five million capital growth and about, I don't know, 750 to 800,000 in net rents, but I still choose to work. Um, I've been buying real estate from a young age, so there's hardly any debt on it now. Um, but it, you know, like debt should be your friend because it allows you to have scale and, and leverage. And at the end of the day, if debt's costing you 3% or it's even less now, but you actually think that you can make 5, 10, 15%, it's actually really expensive not being in the market.
0: And with, um, do you have your own set of uh, philosophies on what's good investing in the real estate? Because there are a lot of people that just buying a house for the sake of buying a house. You know, there are, I guess, good, bad and ugly deals out there. What's your sort of main philosophy, residential, commercial, bit of both? Love to hear it.
1: It's morphed into um, commercial now. Like I'm, I'm in the market right now. It's morphed into that. But it started off with uh, units, then went into houses, then went into blocks of units. And um, now it's, you know, looking at asset classes like, you know, service stations that have got publicly listed companies like, you know, BP or or Shell or companies like Seven Eleven that are set and forget. Um, the other thing that changes, Craig, is that, you know, as you get older, Um, the kind of property you look at also changes. I don't have the appetite to have hundreds of tenants. Like property managers look after them, but I just don't want to be, you know, having a conversation with a property manager saying, hey, we need a, you know, roof tiler there. We need a plumber there, electrical, this and that. I much prefer to have set and forget tenants. Mm -hmm. Um, Like one of these, you know, uh, like a shell, um, where, you know, you get one check, it's net, um, the yields are higher, but I think I think never compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 10. And if I was standing, starting right now, I'd still be doing what I did back then, and that is starting with residential. Um, and the reason why is that when you're young and you're in your 20s, you want capital growth, right? And you'll get good growth when you buy within 10Ks of the city, predominantly Sydney, Melbourne, you know, potentially Brisbane, you'll get growth. You won't get great yields, but you'll get growth. But you want growth when you're young. You want your net value to go up. You wanna be sort of worth 300 grand and then you wanna be worth a million because of growth. But as time goes by, like I'm 53 now, and um, I much care about yield because Um, it's all about, you know, lifestyle and, um, being able to have the freedom and choice to do whatever you feel like each day. Um, yeah.
0: And with that, um, I'm listening along, and I'm lucky. I've got uh, four of my houses in sort of within five k's in some instances of the CBD of Melbourne. So that sounds like a good um, plan. What what do you say to somebody that says, "Oh, the market's just overvalued and prices are going to drop thirty percent"? What's your um, often conversation around that?
1: Look, you know. I mean, I auction on real estate. So I have people say that to me all the time Mr. Auctioneer, there's no point. You know, the market's got a bottom and, um, you know, we'd rather wait. So I, 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 I would say to them and to anyone, the only way that you can pick the market. So for instance, right now, you know, it's August 2020 and a lot of people are worrying about the September cliff. That's no longer going to be a September cliff because job keeper and mortgage holidays from banks have been extended till February March um, or at some point early next year and I say here's the deal the only way you know that the market has bottomed is when the market's gone up because by that stage you can look at it and say shit that was a bottom by back then but by that stage it's too late because you'll be buying more than the bottom mm-hmm. so instead of actually trying to uh, pick the bottom what you do, is you factor in, you might actually buy and it's gonna drop a little bit. You might actually buy and it's gonna go up a little bit. You might actually buy and it skyrockets. I haven't seen you buy and it plunges by big amounts. That doesn't happen in property. So I say you make a decision based on your life, not based on the market in property. Because it's got to be a little bit like, Craig, I'm buying it. I'm putting the contract in the front drawer, in in, in, a, in, a, in, in my top drawer. I'm not going to look at it. And you know what? If it goes down 5% or if it goes up 10%, if it drops 3%, it doesn't really matter because I'm not keeping score each day. I'm keeping score on a broader, longer period of time. So, um I would actually turn around and say to a person that's, you know, making decisions using a scorecard of a short term that um, you've got to eliminate that thinking. Property people don't think that way. That is the way day traders think. We don't think that way, right? Rich people in real estate get rich because. They buy based on cash flow when they can afford, not based on what the median values are doing in the market.
0: Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point because there are people that, um, you know, are all in on the stock market and just think that property investors are crazy. And, and there are people in my boat that's, you know, most of my wealth's in, in property. Um, what's your reason that you would say that property is a better strategy than the stock market?
1: Oh, look, I think they're both, look, Craig, uh, I think they're both okay, right? I think they're both, they're both good, right? Because if you turn around and you say to yourself, um, uh, if you bought anything, ASX 200, Right, you'd expect over a period of time, if you acted the same way a property person acts in the share market, you won't get too much of a dissimilar yield. The reason I like property is that when you're young, you can actually get into it a lot easier than shares because if you see something you want to buy it for 700 grand, the financing it becomes more available because you can use the rents as part of your cash flow management, right? Whereas you can't really do that as much with shares, right? Because um, firstly, you know, there's no guarantee of yields. Yields aren't paid in the frequency that rents are paid. So I would say for the average person starting off, you can build your wealth a lot quicker with real estate. But for me, Craig, I think it's been natural the fact that I work in that industry the fact that I see it with my own eyes I see people buy things for 700 and I see them worth 6 7 years later for 1.4 1.5 mine has been about the case that you know whatever you see you believe and um, it's probably that's been the reason why property's been my thing but who knows maybe if I'd been working in financial services I'd have a different view. I like people that are, I mean, I like people that actually um, are open-minded about uh, both asset classes. I mean, the one thing that they've both got in common is they're both aiming to make money while they're asleep versus spending their money buying things like cars, which is metal that depreciates, you know.
0: Yeah. And what about um, if somebody's starting out, what's some of the first few things that they should do? Like you obviously mentor people and your coach, etc. What are some really simple things that somebody that's looking to be a first-time home buyer? Is it get a good broker? Is it uh, save a deposit? What are some of the things that you see?
1: Okay. The things that come to mind, Craig, are this. Um, don't spend the money that you make on things that aren't going to go up like um, So, and I think that's a big problem, particularly in the industry that I deal with, real estate agents and mortgage brokers, they spend a hell of a lot of money on stuff that depreciates because they've got this fixation that they think that they need it or they want to look good um, or they want to travel business class when they haven't earned the right to travel business class yet or they're spending $4,000 on suits when a $500 suit will do the job. Um, So I would say, save your money early. Number two is you don't have to like the first few properties you buy. You just wanna get into the market. You're not supposed to love them. Number three is um, factor in the first five, 10 years of the hustle and the journey to becoming financially independent is gonna involve suffering. So you've got to factor it in and most of the good stuff in your life is going to be a result out of pain and suffering and uncomfortable feeling that you accepted. The next thing I would say is get smart. Pick something in an area that's going to go up versus picking a property in an area that's really, really, really nice that's going to give you a high rental return but is not going to go up. So for me, if you're a 23-year-old that's looking for capital growth, go buy something close to Melbourne or city centre, uh, Sydney center, than say going off and buying, you know, something that's going to give you an extraordinary yield in say Cairns, right? Or you know, Gladstone or some rural area that all the numbers are going to stack up looking really good and you're going to go over and you're going to fly over and you're going to look at this property and you're going to think, wow, look at this. This is amazing. Immaculate condition. What I say, Hey, uh, early years go for capital growth, pick the dump in the best street.
0: Very good advice. And I, I, I was uh, doing a, a talk in uh, Sydney last year, a couple of years ago, and there was a young fella up going. You know, you've done so well. What car do you drive? And I said, I oh, dream house before dream car. So it's good to see someone with your your, uh, I guess, experience mention that as well. So just on,
1: I think a lot of, look. I think a lot of people spend money. Yeah, like a lot of people spend money on, on, on cars, right? They, you know, like if you turn around, you spend, you spend two hundred grand, right? You spend $200,000 of money on a car. You take into account that you're going to be paying interest and all of that, right? At the end of it, right? You might've, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't got a calculator here to work it out, but potentially your outlay could have been 300 grand. And after five years, this thing is worth like, I don't know, it's probably worth 120 grand you could have done the same thing, put into property, right? You would have been rent coming in, right? You would have had the benefit of negative gearing acting on your side. You've got the government helping you chip in the loss. And then at the end of the same period, you could have something that's gone up to four 500 grand, right? So like, you just got to get smart about, it. I, I mean, I'm sitting, as I'm talking to you, I'm sitting at a Tesla in Sydney, just picking up um, a new fob key. That's got to be reprogrammed because my wife put it in the washing. Right. So, um, I'm just sitting here, but like you know, cars. I pay cash for cars. I I won't borrow. Yeah.
0: No, that's, yeah, and I I have a similar sort of philosophy. I bought my last two cars with cash and um, I did, and I probably have done something, but it's really lifestyle reason. I bought a house in Mornington on the beach. Um, It was a bit of a home away from home from Melbourne, but that's for family and lifestyle. It's probably not the best economic decision, but I still see there's a lot of potential for growth there as well. But, you know, turning money into memories is pretty important too.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: And what about we did touch a little bit on COVID? Um, what's your prediction, um, or what do you see in the economic climate as we move through the next six to twelve months?
1: Oh, it's Craig. I I don't predict things, right? Like seriously, if you were, if we were sitting together five years ago, and I said to you, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" There's no way in the world you would have said I'd see myself wearing a mask. I'd see myself um, being at home. I'd see myself uh, not flying. You wouldn't see yourself. So it's hard. I, I don't predict things. All I'll say is that, like New Zealand's come out of stage four lockdown, prices have gone crazy there, and um, you know demand that's gone absolutely crazy. I definitely do see a bit of a shift happening because a lot of the corporate world has begun to realise flying an executive from Sydney to Melbourne getting them to stay at the Langham hotel, you know, for a two hour meetings out the window. So, you know, we know that zoom, which is what we're doing right now is uh, being highly used and that we're going to see a lot of people that potentially will move into lifestyle parts of Australia um, mm-hmm. because they're going to adopt a far more virtual way that they're going to be carrying out their job. So I do see um, the opportunity there and, um, But apart from that, I've got to tell you, I don't think much is going to change. I think at the end of the day, what we're going to have is um, a vaccine, which is already factored in by the stock market, and that's why it's going crazy. So we already know the big money in Australia has already factored in. Companies are going to be profitable, and that's why it's been reflected in um, share prices. Um, So I think that, you know, within six to 12 months, we're going to have – A lot of uh, normality, but companies are going to be a lot more intelligent about the way that um, they operate business because they've been able to pick up all the fat in the last two months. They've worked out, hey, this wasn't working. It can be done this way. So companies are going to be far more efficient. And I think we're going to see fast beat big and big. The model is being destructed now. We're seeing that old legacy businesses are being smashed. So from a real estate perspective, I think it essentially means that lifestyle areas will benefit post COVID nineteen.
0: Mm, good insight. Uh, at the end of every episode, I always ask a few rapid fire questions. They don't have to be rapid fire answers, but is there a book that you think that anyone that's looking to get ahead um, will get impact out of?
1: Uh, yes, I would. Uh, as I'm to- as you're talking, I'm bringing up my Kindle, and I'm going to actually give you a couple of books that I think. Uh, are really happening for me at the moment. Um, So let's go through them. I think if you're a salesperson, right, and you're out there hustling and chasing, you've got to get the book Fanatical Prospecting. It's a Bible for a hustler. Um, I think if you're a person that is interested in things of a spiritual nature and life and having gratitude, Anything by Dr. Wayne Dyer, mm. um, I think is, you know, quality reading. He's, it's passed away, but his content is timeless. Um, and uh, probably what I'm reading at the moment is a book called Virtual Selling. And um, I've had to understand and adopt technology. As the way that I interact with people, I mean, if you really think about it, a mobile phone is virtual selling. Anything that's not face to face. So um, for me, virtual selling, which is I'm trying to get first move advantage over all other people in my industry on um, the new norm in selling.
0: Mm. And virtual selling is that who's who's uh, written that book? Jeb Blount, J E
1: B Blount, B L O U N T. So he must have been really quick because it's COVID specific. It's come out um so yeah he's a guy that i had on on my um membership platform he's outstanding uh, an american uh, sales
0: trainer great what would you say the best bit of advice is you've ever received Uh, everything's hard before it's easy and what about on the flip side of the coin what would be the worst bit of advice or um that you've ever received
1: don't stress everything's going to be okay because i actually think that's a very uh, powerless statement. It's basically saying, don't do anything about it. It's all going to work out. I actually think things get better by choice, not by chance. I reckon luck's a shit strategy in life.
0: Mm, good advice. Um, and what about uh, something you're passionate about? Is it travel? Is it eating out at restaurants? Is it playing golf?
1: Oh, listen, I'm
0: pumped about
1: um, impacting people that um, in the suffering mode. And it's because I've suffered a lot in my own life. You know, I got cancer when I was very young. Had it three times. You know, and um, I know what it's like to have been told that you've got a illness that is pretty hard to get rid of. I mean, I'm cancer free, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, but you know, I've also lost my only sibling that I had, young brother. He died young. So I um, I spend a lot of the time and the work that I do. I do about 200 speaking gigs a year when we're not in a COVID environment and I ensure that apart from being skill specific and um, content rich that I do leave people knowing that no matter how bad things are that their current situation is not their final destination and even if you've gone and you've been punched in the face badly that your comeback can always be bigger than the setback and um, that difficult roads would lead to beautiful destinations if you choose to actually look at life through possibility and not probability that um yeah it's a far better way to approach the time that you've got on this planet and to have total gratitude because you know craig we're on this planet chances of being born is one in 400 trillion you're already won the birth lottery big time particularly if you're in australia and um yeah i just want to remind anyone that's listening to this podcast If you are feeling a little bit pissed off about, you know, stage four lockdown, just remind yourself, it ain't stage four cancer.
0: Mm, Very true. And I guess my book and everything is driven off the fact that my wife and I, uh, we had a stillborn baby. And I always say, he didn't get one breath on this planet. We're all in the game. So make the most of it. Um, So yeah, very... Good perspective. So where do people find out more about you, your courses, your mentor programs, books? um, Yeah.
1: Okay. So um, I haven't written a book, number one. Number two, um, I can't take on any coaching clients. Um, It's not my thing and I don't allocate my time towards it. If you're a real estate agent and um, you want to get trained by me, I have a virtual program the real estate gym realestategym.com.au it's open at various times craig sometimes you'll go on there it's closed and you go on a wait list other times it's open and you can jump in and uh, for other people um facebook insta linkedin
0: great and um from me i, I really want to thank you um it's as, as quite funny i have interviewed both matthew Pilios and uh Andrew Morello. And, and Andrew was over at my uh, house having a nice red wine and he said, oh, I'll tell you who you should get on your show is Tom Panos. And um, I spoke to Matty a week before that and he said exactly the same thing. So I do appreciate you taking the time to jump on this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast. And if you got any lasting uh, comments, feel free to um, drop them in.
1: No, listen, it's been great uh, uh, chatting to you like Matty Pilios and Andrew and pretty much any real estate agent that's riding big bucks is more or less being through a Tom Panos uh, program. Um, So um, my final words to everyone here is the past doesn't equal the future and never let your personal history get in the way of your destiny. I think people underestimate um, the change that they can have in their life in 90 days. You know, they probably overestimate the change they can have in a week but they underestimate, you know, what three months could look like. So by, uh, by Christmas time, you can have a radically different life, business and in person. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Tom. Well, I hope you got a lot of value out of that episode with Tom Panos. As you can see, he's a high-level coach and educator in the property space. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. If you like this week's episode, make sure that you give us a review, you give us the five-star ticks, you share it on your social medias, connect uh, this podcast episode with any person that you see can get value. If you haven't got a copy of my book, you've got one shot, just head across to craigschultz.com and get your copy there. Um, As I always say at the end of every episode, you've got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot, whatever that is for you. You've just got to go out there and live life with passion and purpose. My name's Craig Schultz and I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.